Hi, SD Besties, and welcome to another episode of the Sounds Like Spa podcast. We are your hotspot for all of the latest trends and what is going on in the spa industry. I'm your host, Maggie Walker, Associate Managing Editor of Skin Inc., and today I am introduced by, I am joined by Larry, who I'm going to let introduce himself because I think he's going to do a much better job at introducing himself than I would, so take it away, Larry. I'm Maggie. I'm actually Larry Foster from Tricochi University. I'm the Vice President of Education, Compliance, and Student Services. I've been in the industry for about 30 years. So I started as an esthetician and then did massage therapy, then did paramedical esthetician, then did laser technician, then went to school for cosmetology, and then I became an instructor. So uh, the long and short of it is I'm just totally ADD. I just love, love anything related to like to have your hands in all the different fields. I do. I love it. Did you have a favorite between like esthetician to massage therapist to cosmetology? I think my heart lies with skincare. So with aesthetics and paramedical aesthetics, um, I've done everything from owning a couple day spas to running a medical practice to working independently. And then I fell into education probably about 2008. I never looked back. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. What exactly, this might be a stupid question. What exactly is like paramedical aesthetics? Uh, that was actually something I had to do way back in the late nineties. I went to Arizona and learned how to work with, it was when chemical peels were starting to come out and things of that nature. So oh, was, okay. Aggressive products and doing like lymph drainage massage and things like that. So it was just certification I did at that time period. Now it's all incorporated under the esthetician umbrella. But back then, because I'm old, it was <laughs> not. We had to do different phases. So now you get all that as part of your basic aesthetic training, and then you can specialize by working for a physician. Oh, that's really cool. You're like, I'm dating myself a little bit, actually. Yeah. Um, but okay, guys. So today we are going to be talking all things Social media, which is one of my favorite topics. I feel like it's one that I actually am very confident and well-versed in in this industry. Um, but so we're going to just jump into it with talking about social media. So I guess first things first, in a general sense, because where we really want to, where Larry and I are really going to take this topic is more so like what's changing, what's different, you know, what you guys need to be aware of, obviously. So let's talk more in a general sense of social media. Like, how has it kind of changed in your perspective? It's changed a lot because way back in the time period of like MySpace and when Facebook came out, everything was more, I know, there I go dating myself again. <laughs> I see that book. So, but back then it was just more like an exchange of information. It was almost more like, networking with friends and family only and you shared pictures and you know every now and then and one of the facebook memories will pop up on my feed and it'll be this random message that we would do on our feed for our profile update oh yeah i would larry is out having fun tonight or whatever but there's no pictures or anything like that i'm like well what was i doing in <laughs> august of 2009 i have no idea but it's really developed into something that allows you to really connect with the world. Now everybody has it kind of made because you can use social media as your platform to build your brand and build your image and get your followers or truly make it something that can set you apart from other people in your field. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting changes to me is Instagram. And it might just be because it's the platform that I feel like I really were like Growing up, because Facebook was so new, my parents personally were very much, like, uncomfortable with it. There was, like, the whole fear of, like, you're friending about a bunch of strangers you don't know. You're talking to people that aren't who they say they are. There was the catfishing, all that. And I feel like Instagram was really when I was, like, in college and kind of, like, more of an adult where I was like, I can have these. These are, you know, like, I'm not under my parents' roof. I can do what I want. And Instagram, when it first started, was literally, like, in its name meant to be just pictures of in the moment instant shots of like your life and what you're experiencing and now and then it like turned into these very like aesthetic very like professional looking shots of like you just having this dream life and it could be like like 
for example, I still I went to Italy in May and I'm still posting my pictures from Italy and it and everything. And even now I feel like with the newest generation, it's even turned into these like what's kind of called the blurry aesthetic where they're supposed to look like more in the moment, but they're still definitely very planned. They're not like the actual in the moment shots. So I feel like Instagram specifically is like really just like done this curve of like what it kind of set out to be and what it's turned into. Right. And it continues to develop. I mean, with what it does with reels and you know, carousels and things like that, it really does give you an opportunity to work it to your advantage, to be able to build that clientele. You just have to understand the algorithm and you have to take classes to really understand what you're posting and who you're following and things like that to understand where that information is going to go, if it's going to be effective. Because if you're in Indiana, where I am, but most of your followers are in New York or Texas or anything like that, then they're not going to necessarily be a part of your business. So unless you use it for retailing, which I hope people are doing as well. Yeah. No, definitely very interesting. Um, what do you, like in your opinion, what do you feel like are the main kind of like social channels that spa professionals or estheticians should be utilizing? If the ones I think they should utilize them all. And yeah. most influencers are on multiple platforms. They cross-reference all of them, whether that's Twitter or TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or even Facebook, because a lot of Gen Z may not be active on Facebook, but they go there to research information. Yeah. yeah. So they get their research being done there. So having that presence across all platforms, I think is really good, but I think you're going to drive the majority of your business in Instagram and TikTok. And now I think with the introduction of AI, I think AI is going to take it even to the next level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. AI is. I feel like AI is like and like leaps and bounds like very quickly, like becoming more and more and more. Oh, it definitely is. But it's a huge advantage because if you are someone who's starting out in the aesthetics world and with skincare, you know, you can go to chat GPT or any of those AI and just put in there, you know, I'm a new esthetician. What kind of post should I post on Instagram? And it'll list out what you need to post. You can ask it which hashtags you should use to attract clientele, it'll type all that. Yeah. So it really does a lot of the work for you. You have to fine tune it once you get that information, but understanding that you can utilize that as a source to be able to make sure that you're posting good content, things that will really attract people's attention. It's huge. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it helps so much in terms of like formulating captions, formulating like SEO, like those kinds of things. Also yeah. filters and how you can crop. I mean, it does everything you know, and AI is going to move over into our actual real world scene, you know, with being able to take pictures of your face on oh yeah, on your phone and be able to decide, you know, where do you need moisture? What kind of product should you use? You know, things like that. So AI is something we're going to have to adopt. You know, but I know a lot of people that have never adopted TikTok or who still haven't been on Snapchat, you know, because they just aren't aware of it. But things are going to continue to change. And we have to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. I would say my hot take, my my one qualm with, okay, there's a few qualms with Instagram, but my main qualm with Instagram in comparison to TikTok, to be perfectly honest, is Instagram. I feel like I have the hardest time like searching and finding like the type of content I'm looking for. If I'm like searching for, you know, a gua sha facial or something, I have a really hard time actually finding the type of like educational content I'm looking for. And I feel like TikTok searching options are like so much more vast and so much more like intuitive and accessible. And I have two sister-in-laws. So one sister and then two sister-in-laws. So three total. Uh, I got a lot of sisters, but they were actually all talking to me the other day and they said they'll do like regularly they're like i don't really google search as much as i tiktok search now because they're like because they're short easy and understandable informative videos so like we were particularly in this specific case we were traveling so they were like looking up on tiktok like things to do in switzerland and like that's and they're like i didn't even go to google i went to tiktok because i can like see it and it's short and it's quick and it's easy to digest so i was like i thought that was really interesting it is interesting you know what you bring up a good point about it though that is the reason why we suggest that people have two different tiktok accounts because you need to have your professional one but you need to have your personal one where you can look up 
you know, where to go in Switzerland, what to do in Italy, you know, those yeah. type of things. Look, look at the puppy dog and the kitty videos or whatever. But you, if you want to stay in your algorithm on TikTok, yeah, you have to have your professional one where you don't look at things like that. Because if you hover too long over one of those puppy photos, then that's going to end up in your feed. But your information is going to go to those people that are looking at puppy dogs too. Where if you keep the professional account, then when you you only stop and pause and interact with the videos related to your topic, whether that's skincare or hair or whatever, then your information will go only out that avenue. So it's important to be able to understand how those algorith algorithms work and why it's important to have the two different accounts. So you can search and go down your rabbit hole on your personal one, but when you log into your professional one, you actually stay in your lane and make sure you're swiping on the things you really want to watch. Yeah. yeah, that is a great tip because TikTok will really change your algorithm on you if you go down any kind of rabbit hole. I've Which is, it's so easy to do on TikTok too. <laughs> I, I can start if I'm having trouble sleeping or even on the plane yesterday, I logged into the internet and I my entire plane ride was spent on TikTok. And it's going through different videos. You just get trapped on it and it's become entertainment. So, you know, it's really great to have. But first, I, first I want to hear your opinion though. Like, what do you think of influencers? I love influencers. I think, I think, Skin influencers, influencers, I think, are incredible because they get the word out about our industry. Yeah. Now, that, that being said, <laughs> we have to go back when we're on the educational side, like I am. We have to go back and, you know, explain that in that three minute video, it's been time lapsed or it's been edited down. You know, you can't do that service in three minutes. Some of them use filters extremely heavily. You know, different things like that. So we have to go back. But we can use that as a training tool to say, okay, that's what they're showing you. But let's talk about how that can really be done, done more effectively. Because that person is not an esthetician. They're not a dermatologist. They're not a plastic surgeon. You know, there's someone in high school who found a product that works for them. Or there's someone in college who found a product that works for them. And I think it's great that they share that experience. But that's not going to work on everyone. I mean, you have understand the different Fitzpatrick types and how those work and how that affects your skin barrier, your acid mantle, things of that nature, or hormones. You know, a lot of people have hormone issues and then they end up with this breakout. So they want to dry them out and you can't dry them out because then you get burning and things like that rather than really just replacing that moisture content. So just being able to understand the skin, I think is where I struggle with influencers or influencers or anyone is a it's got to be someone who's reputable if you're going for reputable information yeah so but i think that it's incredible because you can you know when i'm on instagram and i see carousels and i'm going through and seeing before or afters or i'm seeing them present different product knowledge or things like that i think it's incredible but then i love the humor and the duets and things like that within tiktok you know i love especially you know, the fact that certain people will will duet themselves with someone who's not necessarily got the education. You know, there's a dermatologist, Luke Maxfelder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I follow him, and it's really great when he goes on and he says, you know, hey, I really like this product too. And then he starts duetting while they're talking about the actual medical side of it. And I love that. You know, so we get to be creative. So I think you go to the different platforms for different things. And I really enjoy that. You yeah. know, I love watching, is it Nikki? Makeup by Nikki, the tutorials. Nikki tutorials? Yeah. I love her, how she gets so excited about things. And she, you know, and then she replicates the look. And usually she does a much better job with the look. But <laughs> it's so excited that she squeals and she yells. And I love that. So I'm totally entertained by all the influencers out there and we use them too. We have influencers who come in and get different things done. Like we do right yeah. now, we do nano infusion from Dermalogica. So we have skin, we have influencers come in and get that procedure done and then they post it on there. So it works, it works for everybody. It's good if we do it, if we channel it the right way. Yeah. I think you brought up like a lot of really fantastic points and even some things that I've seen kind of evolving 
Um, mostly, to be honest, I feel like I see a lot of the evolution of influencers happening on TikTok. And that might just be because I've become addicted minorly. <laughs> a little bit. I, I don't think you're alone in that addiction, Craig. <laughs> I think we all go down that rabbit hole on a regular basis. So. But uh, but I think you brought up good points on like ways that you can use influencers. So like if you have an influencer come into your spa and get a treatment and talk about it. Or uh, the one I've seen a lot that I've really been loving is when people stitch someone's like an influencer's like skincare get ready with me routine that goes viral. And then they'll kind of talk about like, oh, yeah, like I love that product or that was a great, you know, combination of serums that she used on her skin for like these types of things or he or she used on their skin for these types of things. And I do think it's a great way of like kind of I don't want to say piggybacking because I feel like that has a negative connotation, but like utilizing the influencers to educate your audience. I feel like that's something that can definitely happen. And I feel like a lot of people have been like turned off recently to influencers, but you can actually kind of like utilize them in a really positive way. I think I I think it's incredible that the influencers have the passion and I hope that it kind of directs them that they don't take the shortcut that they actually go and get a lot more of that knowledge so they can follow the career path all the way through. But I agree with you. I think when we actually they go in and utilize them, I think it's a win win for everyone. And then they're giving the credit to the person who actually the influencer actually did it, you know, and I think that's important too, so that they recognize it rather than just running off and doing something on their own, but not being that piece of it. You know, I think that's important as well. Yeah, we actually talked a little bit about that on this influencer podcast where like one thing that influencers definitely do that you won't find as much in like celebrities or stuff like when it comes to celebrities getting work done, getting treatments done, things like that, they never really own up to it. They never really admit it. They never really dive into that routine. But influencers are always giving credit where credit is due. They will always tell you like, yeah, I've gotten my lips done or yeah, I go to this doctor for my filler and I go to this esthetician for my facials and this is kind of my routine or like, oh, my esthetician was the one that recommended. I see that way more on the influencer side and like giving credit where credit's due than I would like on like more of the high-end celebrity side, even though we all know high-end celebrities are definitely like getting treatments. Right. So Not- and I, I love that because I wish they would, you know, I wish they'd give a shout out to, hey, this is my esthetician or whatever. I, I see that a lot with their makeup artists. I see that a lot with their hair specialists. Yeah. No, I don't see it with their skincare specialists. You know, that's a huge part of their regimen. I mean, I'm fortunate because as I now I'm officially closer to 60 than 50, you know, so for me, it's important that I do all those skincare regimens and I've been fortunate because I've been involved in the industry for 30 years. So for me, it's great to see myself age that I would be lying if I said I didn't do Botox, you know, but, or that I don't do the nano infusion or things like that because I was a child of the eighties. So, you know, we had canning booths and we'd lay out the little blankets with iodine and baby oil. So we did all the things that I know now we shouldn't have done. So we go back and now we work with chemical peels and things of that nature. I mean, eventually I will have no problem having plastic surgery and, you know, but if I can do, the things now to keep myself off the surgery table later, mm-hmm. you know, it as long as I can, then I think that's perfect. And yeah. so if those skin influencers are really good about getting a lot of those treatments out there because, you know, someone in a smaller town may not be aware of the different procedures that are available to them and they yeah. help them those out. Absolutely. And whatever you're doing, it's working great for you. You look fantastic. That's my goal. You're, you're welcome. But moving more now into kind of like social tips, I would love to hear kind of any kind of top, like your top tips you would tell an esthetician that's, you know, really working to get their name out there via social media. I think start, or we, we're speaking about estheticians, right? Yeah, we're estheticians, spa professionals. Perfect. And so if you're a spa professional, if you're actually in the industry, start from day one. Like when you sign up for massage school, aesthetic school, whatever you're signing up for, start from day one while you're in school developing that. You know, create your professional pages. You know, start, hopefully your school offers some sort of 
business building program that incorporates the use of social media and things like that. But if they don't, do the research. Go to different conferences. You know, learn how the algorithms work. Learn how your email is important and that it shouldn't have, you know, it should be a professional email. Let me just say that. <laughs> so it shouldn't be have all these slangs in it and things like yeah. that. So it's important. You know, same thing with your professional page. If you're on Instagram or TikTok, you want to make sure that you actually are building a brand that you're going to be proud of long-term, that your posts are professional, you know, that you're, you know, lining everything up to be brand-specific for you. You know, and doing that from day one is incredibly important. I think another tip is making sure that you have a calendar. You know, you want to be able to do a 30-day calendar. You know, I'm going to post this on this day. I'm going to post this on that day. You know, be able to spread it out so you have an idea of what your the direction you're going to go with your posts each month. So, and sometimes you can create that content a week early, and then post it the week later. But at least you know that that's the direction you're going to go. That way, you're not trying to hurriedly do something because it's Wednesday. You haven't posted in three days, and you need to hurry up and post something. You actually have stuff in your goal box that you can actually post on social media. I think that's a big part of starting early being consistent, keeping a professional, and then having a calendar to keep you on track with those posts. Yeah, I agree. I think regular consistent posting is like so vital and so key, especially with, you know, I would say the newer age platforms like TikTok and Instagram. I feel like you're much more heavily rewarded when you're very consistent, very regular in your posting. Um, not exactly in what you're posting, but in like the timing and the frame right. in that sense. Right. But, my, but again, if they gain that social media knowledge and, you know, depending on where they get it from, they're going to tell you different, th different subject matter experts are going to tell you different things. But I think that they're all alignment with the type of posts and the timing your posts should go out and things like that. And then also, again, with your hashtags, you know, all that stuff's important, but it takes a while to get there. But if you start early, you'll build quite the business by the time you graduate. Yeah. And honestly, flexibility is so important. Like what these channels care about, what they promote, what they push, the, their algorithm, the way they formulate it, it changes so much. And it can be very frustrating when you like find a groove and then they're like, just kidding. Now we only want reels. And you're like, okay. But if you do a reel that you did on TikTok and it has a TikTok logo on it, but you put it on your reels, then they're going to downgrade it and not put it shit through as much. So all those little secrets are important to know and they will constantly change, you know? So it's important to stay abreast of it. And I think that continuing education piece is so important, you know? So as we have, as they have different conferences come available, you know, they want to make sure they go for those because, you know, even most of the conferences now will have something related to social media. And as I'm getting different agendas, you know, I just got back from a conference, it, focused on AI too. So I'm yeah. noticing a lot of conferences are focusing on the AI portion of social media as well. And I think it's important to know all that and the trends that are coming up so you can be ahead of it. Yeah, definitely. It definitely because especially and I've noticed it this year more than I think I've ever noticed it in the past of like niche trends coming up, which is pretty much like an overarching sound and an overarching trend, but you can make it fit like any niche, whether you're on book talk, whether you're on skincare talk, whether you're on you know what I mean? And like people make it fit. Well, you know, there's also like the clean tie. I just feel like this year more than ever, I've noticed that there are a lot of like overarching niche trends that are basically formulated so that you can like insert your area of expertise here and like right. boost it. <laughs> you find the trick, because that's interesting, because I was just doing that at some point this week and I was on social media and I was looking at some of the trends and I feel like some of the trends now are being recycled from what we did early on in my career too. But almost like putting that polish on it and making it, you know, seem different and a little bit more bougie, mm -hmm. a little trendy, you know, so I, I find that kind of fun. And, you know, even with body wraps and body treatments and things like that, I see that going in a whole totally different direction. But because they were on their way out and now they're making this comeback. But really, is it a comeback? Because it looks the same, but they put a different name and a different spin on it. So now it's trendy again. So, and I love that because, you know, we're an ever changing business, I think. 
a $500 billion business annually. I think we want to be a part of that. So getting those little trends and niche markets in is kind of fun. But I agree with you that social media, it's just, and it comes and goes. Yes. No, I, I talk about that all the time. And I've only really been in the industry for five years. Uh, but I talk about that all the time where I'll be like, you know, when I started in 2018, it was called baby Botox because that's what Kendall Jenner got. And it was like this huge thing. And now in 2023, it's the same thing, but they're calling it like prejuvenation Botox. And I'm like, that's the same thing. This is the exact same thing. I love that. That it takes a spit on it. It gets people excited and gives a new way to market it. So, you know, I'm not mad about it. I enjoy it. But it just kind of, I think we've always done that. I mean, it's the whole, even in fashion and the hair. My daughter just got her hair cut with curtain bangs. I'm like, Face framing layers. I'm like, also the fair faucet cut. Faucet. Faucet. I, my mother in law was laughing at me and my husband because what was, oh, skorts. It was skorts. Gen Z discovered skorts and lost their mind. Life was like, this is a skirt, but there are shorts under. And me and my husband were like, that's not new. And then my mother in law looked at us and she goes, welcome to being old. And I was like, wow. She was like, do you know how many trends you guys started when you were kids? And I was like, no. And I don't want to go over it, actually. She'll bring out the photo album and show you. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, it's so funny because now I see it all the time. Like, I feel like it was like the rose-colored glasses shattered. And now I see it all the time where I'm like, that's not new. And then I'm like, you sound like a bitter old lady, So. <laughs> and your husband will be that man saying, get off my lawn. Yeah. So- you start agreeing with the parents in Disney movies and you're like, oh, yikes. Right. Um, but okay, back on track. We're here. Uh, so uh, how so talking about trends, actually, what would be some of your tips actually in terms of how people can kind of stay on top of the latest trends that are happening more specifically on social, not necessarily like in the market as a whole, because there's like a ton of ways you could stay on top of those trends, but like in social, figuring out like the trending sounds or like, you know, the little video trends that are going on, what would be kind of your top tips for people monitoring those? I think being on social, I mean, witnessing it, seeing what's trending. I mean, all the platforms now show you what's trending. So, you know, you can go into it and look and see and get a feel for what is a fit for you. Because even though it's trending, it may not be something you do. Because if I was still actively working in a spa, I couldn't do something that the 20-year-old counterparts would do or be more like a character or comical version of it. So you need to make sure that you keep it real to you. You don't want to be something you're not. So following those trends, but I think the biggest thing is looking at it and watching them and being on the social media sites and really pulling out what entertains you, what speaks to you. So looking for those trends by actually going to it is probably the best way to do it. And talking to your friends, talking to your clients, or all your clients are on social media. Ask them what they would like to see you post, what what they find entertaining, what they find trendy as well. You know, having them, excuse me, having them be a part of that discussion, they'll tell you. They'll tell you that, hey, I saw this. You know, my sister and I own a bakery. We, I pull things up and send them for her all the time when I'm on the road for different bakery trends. You know, so you can really take that any direction you want. But... Yeah, the bigger thing is just figure out what's you and make sure you do you. So. That's a great tip. Uh, I think making sure you can do you is like so important too because there are a lot of trends out there. Like I know some people when it comes to wanting to say like we do this on skinning too because we want to we're a professional account we want to stay more professional. It can really limit some of the songs you can use that have like expletives in it or are very innuendo based. And it kind of limits it because you're like, oh, that kind of gets a little dirty. Like, I can't really jump on that trend, even though it's funny, you know, and even though it like pops up on my own personal for you page all the time and it's definitely trending. It's kind of like, I can't use that song. It has death in it. We, we do that all the time. We'll have student contests and we'll have them send in different challenges off TikTok or things like that. And I, a lot of the ones that I love, I'll send it back and say, this is awesome. Maybe reselect, rethink the musical. Yeah. You know, which I, a lot of times it 
fits in exactly what they're doing, but it does have a little innuendo in there or it has has for the, the offensive. So trying to teach them that professionalism side, I think it does. It's a little hard, especially now I'm going to really sound old again, especially with some of the music out there right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that is like a, one of my grandparents talking about Elvis Presley. Well, it's it. I enjoy all of the music out there, you know, so, but I think, you know, enjoying it and listening to it and having a part of it playlist is one thing but then when i put a professional thing i would make sure that it's polished yeah absolutely there have been so many times that i've picked a song for like a reel we put together and then all of a sudden i'll be like oh my gosh the song has swears in it and i've listened to it so many times and just like never registered never thought about it and then i'm like oh man oh and then you try to get the clean version and the clean version throws in all those pauses that make it awkward so yeah can't even use the clean version (laughs) so it makes me, I don't know why, but every time I hear like a clean version like that, it makes me think of Kids Bop and pick the weird routes they would take with some of the songs. And I'm like, just pick a different song. Like, maybe don't pick the song that's got 32 explicits in it in a span of three minutes. Like, I do not miss my Kid Bop thing. My youngest is 18. So I Kid Bop, what Kid Bops one, two, and three. I'm sure they're on like Kid Bop 40 by now. <laughs> I do. Those were hysterical. Those were so funny. And I did think it was funny that they never like, like it literally, I remember the last one I saw was like kids Bob 32 or something random. And I was like, that's just a high, they're just like, keep, they're just going to keep going up with that number. Like I was like, are we going to hit like kids Bob a hundred eventually? Like, I'm sure we will. Uh, but that's what it makes me think of for some reason. Remember, I'm listening to like a song, have all the explicits taken out. I'm like, well, they should have just kids bopped it. Okay, no um, kid bops on your reels, folks. No, don't don't use kids bops on your reels. I did sure, one. You can, you can make a great TikTok short. So I I go for I go for a kid bop to work it into something funny on TikTok. I could see that. I could definitely see that. The, but people are so creative now. It's just like wild to me, but I did learn one hack on Instagram that I live, breathe and die for. And it's, uh, on the sound, if it has a little like arrow that points upward, that means it's a trending sound. And I like punch for it. Now I'm like, does this have a little arrow? Is this sound trending? Oh, I'll have to look for it now too. Yeah. It's just a tiny little arrow and it just like kind of has this like direction. Like it's just like pointing up. And it just means that it's like an up and coming and or trending sound. Nine times out of ten, it has explicits in it, which really is right. more, but. The truth I don't like is the robotic voice. That like computer generated voice, that I don't like. Unlike the story, like when someone's telling a story and it's like, yeah. I don't know why. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. I'd rather hear them speak or just, just have the captioning. At that point, I just want to turn it down and just read the captioning because it's a little much. And, like, sometimes when they're, like, really, like, into the story they're telling or something and their voice, like, goes up or down, it just starts to sound really weird. Like, it's, like, almost hard to understand. And I'm, like, what happened? Exactly. But, um, so, what would you say? This, this may be a hard, this may be hard to answer or, like, hard to, like, pinpoint. But if you had to, like, give, like, a bare bone basics, something like one thing or a couple things that every single person should know when creating a social account. Like what would your like thing? Bare bones, bare bones. I guess cameras are on the phone are so amazing now. So well, having a cell phone camera, having a ring light just for the lighting, mm-hmm. having a microphone so you get good sound. Maybe. Yeah. That would be considered bare bones. Definitely phone, ring light, strong internet, maybe a microphone that could be crossing it, but definitely a calendar. I think those would be the, the oh. big bare thing. I think after that, that's when you get into more high tech and do some of the editing apps and like having a gimbal and things like that. But I think bare bones, having that, just those basics, I think are incredibly important. Yeah. I think TikTok and Instagram are 
both i would not say like they're not going to be as great as like editing apps and they're not going to be as like high quality and amazing but like they have good editing capabilities within them in my personal opinion like for what i have to do for work so i do feel like that's nice at least like if you can get down how to like edit in those because it can be a little tricky and it can take time but like hey the internet's free there are a lot of videos out there that we're going to do it exactly you'd be able to master those transitions in no time if you don't know I love a good transition. They're so fun. But okay, so then for today's game time, I'm so excited. It's called The Social Scandal. Uh, there are always scandals happening on social media. So I kind of wanted to create a little game that's like an educational game, but it's pretty much I'm going to give you a scenario of like a potential scandal. Uh, some of them, I, I only have three, but I feel like they're three that could pertain very easily to what an esthetician might face. Um, and really it's just going to be like really typical social media scenarios and what you would do, how you'd handle it, how you might get yourself out of the scandal. Um, so the first one is, and I feel like this is definitely something that is very realistic to like what could happen. I'm sure some people have already experienced this, but if they were working with a brand or promoted a brand on their page or used a brand a lot in their site or in their spa and in their videos, and that brand started to get negative publicity, pretty much the brand that they promoted ended up in its own scandal. So if that happened and they're well known for like being an avid user of this brand and promoting it on their page, what would you kind of do in a situation like that if like the brand landed in hot water? That is a good question. We live in such a time of cancel culture that sure. I think that happens all the time anymore. But I think the first thing you just find out is that really what's being presented on social media. I think that's key because sometimes it may not be. It could be totally a totally different version. And a lot of times as a company, you can't really talk about it. You know, so you want to be able to let it go by and a few weeks later the next trending topic will come up and it'll be gone uh if it's if it's not valid. yeah, yeah but it's valid and it really goes against your values as a brand as your brand it goes against your values or your culture you know things like that then i think at that point you would want to silently step away I don't think you really need to address it. I think you just need to step away from it and move forward to that point. But so, like, what's your take on an apology video? Like, in a situation like this, if the brand was caught in really hot water and you were, like, a public speaker for the brand and now you're getting backlash for it, do you think an apology video is necessary? Do you think an address it video is necessary? Or would you just kind of, like, lean back? I would just lean back, I think. I, do, I think the apology videos open up too much interpretation is it sincere is it a real apology or are they just kind of you know pushing it aside with a, a pseudo apology i mean it could be interpreted so many ways so i think sometimes stepping back and just letting that bad publicity die might be the best thing yeah you know, i think sometimes apologies you know i've been with my husband for almost 30 years now and i get him all the time that i've never heard him apologize <laughs> in like a few weeks to me and then a few weeks later, I said something. I got so upset because of something he said. And he, got, he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I'm like, that's not even an apology. <laughs> so, so I feel like sometimes what, that's what happens to the company in that scenario. It would come across as, is that really an apology? Are they really learning from it? So I think even if they, oh, if, if it was truly valid and they wanted to make it right, I think at that point, the best thing for them not to do is apologize, but show what's going to be different next time. Like put forth the effort to show the changes they need to make so that perception of them goes away. I think that's more important than apology is shifting the direction. Yeah, that's a that's a really good like motive around it. Because, yeah, I feel like a lot of the times apology videos do come up. They come up to me, at least. Is I'm very sorry that you got your feelings hurt from this situation and it's like so second scenario what okay hold on let me reread it because i just want to make sure i got it right and i would like okay so this is actually something i have seen often especially in tiktok 
And to be quite honest, especially with like a hairstylist point of view videos, I've seen it, especially in like the cosmetology market. What if you get accused of copying or stealing other content creators ideas without proper acknowledgement to those creators? Uh, how would you address that? And so I guess a good example of this and the way I've seen it a lot is a lot of the times with POV stories or Karen stories or something along those lines, if you're a creator that's creating content like that, it's going to be very similar. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people in the industry have had similar experiences. So you're not really stealing their content. Uh, so that's kind of the situation. This is a situation as if you weren't stealing their content. And I feel like in the spa industry, this could happen too. Like all in the same industry a lot of us have probably had very similar experiences to one another or dealt with a karen that has been very similar in one way or another or someone who tried to scam you out of a service or something like that so what would you do in a situation like that where like one influencer or one person's like following kind of or coming after you being like you're copying their content and you're not even giving them credit how would you kind of handle a situation like that because i've seen it happen a lot on tiktok that's happened a lot, but is there really that much original content anymore? I mean, I think you, I think Ed Sheeran, who just had his little lawsuit that went out, you know, he's oh, yeah. you know, his basic chords that are out there. So we can only do so much within music with those chords that, you know, sometimes you're going to have the similarities. So I think that people just have to understand that you're going to have similarities. But I do think that if you are going to, truly copy someone, I think that's where using giving them credit or doing a stitching or a duet or something to be able to play their version and then your version at the same time or giving them credit. I think that's incredibly important. I think we should do that. You know, so but if it didn't actually happen, then I think I would trust, but you're always gonna have those trolls in your beans. Yeah. So it's best to just let is if you have a strong following I think that a lot of the people that follow you would address those trolls so you don't have to. So if they came back, if somebody else came back and said, hey, you copied this version, then I think relying on your followers to actually battle that out with the person I think is more important than you going head to head with them because nobody's going to win in that scenario. Yeah. I do think something also that can be very like helpful and beneficial is if you were to get accused of this and this is something i've just seen influencers do between themselves is off screen so not like a public video but like off screen you message them and you go hey i just wanted to let you know i wasn't stealing your content i'm really sorry if you felt that way you know and kind of like give your side but like more privately just out of respect for the creator i have seen a lot of people do that and i feel like it usually helps to like clear the air because nine times out of ten the other person comes back and is like i didn't think you were Right. You just have similar experiences. Like everything's fine. But I have seen that kind of come out and work its magic in its own way. But again, I guess to each their own. If you feel the need to say it, I am a people pleaser. So I am apology princess. That is what I, that is what I am. Yeah. I love that. I think it's great because I wouldn't have thought of that. And I think that's incredibly important. So I like that. Um, okay. So we're going to get into the last scandal. Which I feel like this is this is one I personally have experienced a lot even on the skinning page. Uh, so what would you suggest an esthetician to do if they start to get a lot of negative, like opinionated comments? So examples that I have just from ones that have kind of come up on our own page are when a lot of people have very negative opinions and it kind of turns the post a little negative just in the comment section and then like people start fighting in the comment section uh like for example for estheticians there's like the fake nails versus no fake nails wearing gloves for more just like facial services not like medical services uh, or not wearing gloves the kind of music they choose to use in their spa like having a proper spa uniform versus a casual spa uniform these are just some of the things that have come up that people can be very opinionated on sometimes and it can get really negative really fast so i was just kind of curious like what would you do if like that was happening on one of your posts or a couple of your posts? I think a lot of times people just want to be heard. So if it's a difference of opinion, like if it's you like to have a little bit longer nail than a natural nail, I mean, you can honor that and just say, Hey, you know, I agree that there's a reason why you should have shorter nails, but in my case, I had them for this reason. So 
But I think if you acknowledge it and then address the pluses and minus to both sides, I think that's incredibly important because you could learn something. And as long as it's a healthy debate, you can learn something from it. You know, gloves are something that OSHA recommends for all those services. Yeah. So acknowledging that you sh maybe should have worn the gloves, that in the planning of doing this particular social media post, you didn't think about it or whatever. I mean, you know, I think that acknowledgement piece and knowing that you heard the people because they're following you for a reason. Yeah. So if it's truly one of your followers and not a troll, I think it's important for you to be able to acknowledge the way they feel so you don't alienate other followers. So, so I think that's important is the ownership piece. And, okay. you know, as long as it's something that you can justify, I think that's important too, or, or acknowledging it and saying, you know, you're right. So I'm going to change it going forward or things like that. Or maybe even you do a healthy post about, you know, nails versus no nails or something like that. I mean, because it can be even a poll at that point and say, hey, you know, I have a wedding coming up. I was wearing nails, you know. What are your thoughts on long nails versus natural nails and things like that? So you create more of a healthier discussion rather than having everyone fighting within the comment section. I think that's important too. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the kind of addressing it because I feel like a lot of people's initial instinct might be to just like ignore it or even delete it. Uh, what's your opinion on deleting comments? I'm not a fan of deleting comments or hiding comments. I think that you just let those comments play out. I would be a fan of turning off comments if things were getting out of control. But deleting ones, unless they're incredibly offensive yeah, or people out there in general, then I probably wouldn't do it. If they're offensive, I would delete them. Yeah. You know, I don't want slurs and things like that that would be out there i would delete those but if it's just a normal comment that maybe is critical of you i don't think that that's a bad thing we're not perfect none of us are perfect so being you know having something pointed out that may be a different point of view or things like that i don't think there's any reason leaving those disagreements on there as long as it doesn't get doesn't attack people personally that's where I think that's where I would personally draw the line. We had one. Uh, we actually on skinning like a few years ago. We had a like for, well, my first ever troll that I experienced, and I didn't know what to do. It was um, we posted. It was about uh, different products for different skin types with acne, and so one of them said like, "Oh, if you're acne, if you have acne and you have dry skin." And somebody was very bent out of shape and said, you can't have acne if you have dry skin. That's not possible. On a physiological standpoint, you can't. And I have very dry skin and I also have hormonal acne. So I knew that you were wrong because I was like, well, I, I am that person. But they were very bent out of shape about it. And a lot of other estheticians kind of came to our defense and they're like, no, like this is a good post. Like this post makes sense. You can definitely have dry skin and still get breakouts like that is a normal thing they're like maybe you're getting confused in terms of like being called acne prone skin versus like whatever and so like and but they just started getting really nasty and then they started to go to all of our older posts and just started commenting things about how we like weren't smart and how we were like a bad publication and i was like i went to my editor-in-chief i was like we have a troll i don't know what to do i'm sweating <laughs> yeah i think that's a great point because i think if, if they're really did their homework as an esthetician they know the higher fitzpatrick types actually have a higher sebum content but they tend to have a little bit more moisture loss because of the way that dermis holds that moisture piece which is why the skin gets a little bit more gray which is why the lotion is important so you can have the sebum but have the moisture loss as well as with the different things with hormones because you know, you can get acne or you can dry the skin out too much, which causes breakout as well, you know? So, you know, being able to figure out how to be able to maintain that balance, I think is what's incredibly important. So to shut it off. So I would be there to defend you in that case too. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But, but you're always going to have trolls. So I think yeah. we just move forward with it and hopefully they die off the side, but I agree with you. They will go after it. I think that's, also a good point because when we were talking about social media one of the aspects that i forgot to bring up was google reviews and i think that's something people need to keep in mind too when they're on social media platforms and building their business 
they need to understand how Google reviews work too, because that's part of building their brand as well. So bringing that into the social media arena, I think is incredibly important too. But those people who are trolling you then will also go to your Google review page and start posting stuff too. So, you know, it's, it's a little chasing people around a lot. Yeah. So. yeah. The power social media has can be kind of scary sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, it's not going anywhere. You know, I'm a big fan of be real. Do do be real. I I don't have one myself, but I love to participate when I'm hanging out with my friends and there's goes off. <laughs> I love it. So I think that's I think that's a lot of fun too, just because it's all impulsive. Yeah. You know, whenever you get it, you shoot both front and back of what's going on and you post it and that's just real. So it's kind of refreshing to have that versus all the stage and filter and everything of all the other social medias. I think a lot, a lot of people that I don't see on a regular basis, you know, I look at some of their pictures and I think they've turned into cartoon characters almost because of how happily the filters are. So it's kind of nice to see people in their real element and really kind of like refreshing. But social media is here to stay. It is not going anywhere. All right. I think that wraps up everything for this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Larry. This was so fun. I love talking to you about social. This was great. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Got my Tuesday off to a great start. Off to? Where Where are you based? In Indianapolis. But I didn't get down until 2 in the morning. I came in oh, that's right. That's right. You were traveling. I can't believe you're awake at all. Thank you for showing up because... But they did. It was well worth it. <laughs> if, your girl, if your girl got in at 2 a.m., she would be chugging. This would not be water. This would be coffee. <laughs> it was my third one of the day. But thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you all, SD Besties, for listening to the podcast episode. Uh, just to give my little spiel at the end that I always forget to give, but then always try to remind myself, please like, please subscribe and follow and listen. We would love your input. If you're listening on Spotify, we will have a question and a poll for you to check out. So make sure to do that. And we will see you, talk to you in our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.